Okay, welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen, cabinet colleagues, uh, to the December cabinet meeting. Um, item one: apologies for absence and declarations of interest. Julie Redfern has indicated she will be a little late. Um, otherwise, I think we're present, and I, I guess the chief executive sends her apologies. Oh, and a councillor dean, of course, as well. Yeah. Okay. Any declarations? Um, as a county councillor chairman in respect of um, Dumber neighbourhood plan and issues around local council tax support. Okay. Uh, minutes of the meeting will take the 12th of October 1st. Um, and um, was that a true record? Thank you. So we'll go through, I think matters are rising on the... No, no, we won't. Uh, minutes of the um, meeting on the 26th of October. Was that a true record? So we now take the matters arising of the first meeting, which was the 12th of October. Any matters arising on CA 49 to 52? Councillor Barker. Uh, yes, Chairman. Just CA 51, the equality scheme. Um, surprisingly and astonishingly, we have had some equality training only this week, so I would thank officers for organising that. And very important, there was two. Um, CA 53, 54, and 55. Okay, we'll take those as a true record, and I'll sign those before the end of the meeting. And I we now um, look at uh, the matters arising from the meeting on the 26th of October, um, CA 56 to 59, CA 60 to 63. Those minutes will also be signed as a true and accurate record with no matters arising on the second item. So, um, item four, questions or statements from non-executive members of the council. There aren't any. Matters referred to the executive, standing item. Are there any matters? No. Reports from Item six, reports from performance and audit and scrutiny committees. And we have a report from scrutinies, which hopefully you've had a chance to read. But uh, the chairman of the performance and audit committee is here, and I believe he wishes to speak. Uh, thank you, chairman. There's two points I'd like to bring to your notice. One is the question, of, at our meeting on the 15th of November, it was the matter of the appointment of the external auditor was discussed and the recommendation, the final recommendation was that the Performance and Audit Committee is to recommend to the full council that the council opts into the appointed person arrangements made by public service audit appointments pass for the appointment of external auditors. Basically we had three options, one was to do that. The other was to establish an audit panel, an auditor panel, and conduct our own procurement exercise. And three, or three, to explore the establishment of local government procurement arrangements with neighbouring authorities. Going back to two, we did not feel that we had the competence to do it ourselves. And with regard to three, we were informed 
that the, all our neighbouring councils, with the exception of Essex, i.e. the district councils, were all using the pass system. And therefore, after discussion, it was agreed that we would make the recommendation that I've referred to you. So that was the one point I'd like to draw attention to. If there's any questions, we are pleased to try and answer. Any questions from colleagues? No. Nope. And the second point is what was not, in, not dealt with by our meeting on the 15th of November, but it's new information, which I'd like to share with you, is that, you, as you're aware, with the hard work of uh, Adrian, Angela and their teams, we had a clean audit report for the third time this year. Third time? Fourth time? Third or fourth? Seventh. Seventh, Seventh time. <laughs> Doing them down. And that we have not really had a clean report, or nearly a clean report, on the benefit audit. And I'm pleased to be able to report to you that the benefit audit has been completed and signed off a few days before the deadline of the 30th November. If one goes back to 2013-14, there was a total post-audit subsidy claim reduction of 192,000, i.e. we had to pay that back to the government. This year, I'm delighted to say, and I think we all congratulations to Angela and her team, the figure is £5,449, i.e. a reduction of some 100 and 80,000, pounds. I think um, Andrew and her team should be congratulated for that. It's going to be a hard standard for them to keep up next year, but I'm sure we'd just like to see that 5,000 go as well. Yeah, well, we all uh, <coughs> agree with you, Councillor Oliver. That was a really first-class performance, and congratulations to, to, to you and the team. That's excellent. That completes my report. The other matters we discussed were such as the audit fee and the reports from EY and that they are in line with what we expected and we had a report on the procurements and a report from our health and safety man. Good. Thank you for that. Um, Councillor Dean, as we are aware, uh, has sent his apologies, uh, but he has submitted a written report uh, of the, for the Scrutiny Committee. Um, I don't think we have anybody from the Scrutiny Committee. Uh, we do, Councillor Oliver. So um, it may be that you, you would wish to add to this, but I, will, uh, I won't read it all out, um, but I will... Uh, give you the headings and, and possibly the key points under each heading. So, um, item one, cabinet forward plan. Um, questions were raised about the governance arrangements for a SPIRE, which is a, um, a, 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 an arm's length body, a commercial body of the council, um, and in terms of the need for um, uh, governance and also uh, capacity within the council. Um, so we note that, and, 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 I, and that is under consideration with the possibility of um, developed uh, governance arrangements being put in place. Um, it was uh, noted that there will be a devolution report at the council meeting on December the 8th, um, and um, that will happen. Um, it will be a Submission, a written submission on the night, uh, but uh, take note of, uh, of, of that item. Uh, as far as the, anything to add, um, Councillor Oliver, as you were there? No, I, I hadn't seen this report until about five minutes ago, so I'm equally in the dark as you were a few minutes ago as well. 
Um, as far as the budget overview, the scrutiny committee noted the um, delayed announcements from central government, which were <coughs> holding up the uh, um, further definition for the medium-term financial strategy. Um, and then it went on to the questionnaire that went on um, and asked certain questions about uh, um, what uh, asking the public to rank services according to their own priority tells us. Does it tell us how much they like them, how much knowledge respondents have? Uh, how does it tell us whether more or less investment is necessary? Um, and the committee intended to look at that um, in its 2017 work. Item three is the local council tax support scheme, and this is an item later on at this cabinet meeting. Um, and um, it, there were uh, five bullets there. The uh, many re uh, respondents were very satisfied with what this council was doing and proud of what we were doing, that we had the lowest uh, rate um, in Essex, um, or the highest rate, depending on which, but anyway, the most beneficial rate. Um, uh, others may not have agreed with that. Um, there was a, uh, some comment about the um, uh, impact on families with more than two children, which Councillor Howell will pick up later. Um, there, some respondents didn't feel they understood the scheme, so I think that's a point to note, um, and that Saffron Warden Town Council had made a strong representation against the transition from the UDC grant scheme to raising their whole precept themselves. Again, a point that Councillor Howell will be picking up later. Um, and the fourth item was the North Essex Parking Partnership. Um, the, 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 the scrutiny committee wanted to talk through with the portfolio holder, Councillor Barker and uh, Mr Glenday, um, some suggested improvements to the current scheme, uh, and I believe these have been communicated directly. Is there anything to add, Councillor Barker? To okay, there was nothing to add. Uh, anything else, either from Mr Webb or from uh, Councillor Oliver, to that meeting? Is that a fair assessment summary? Uh, yeah, the only thing was on Southern Walden Loan Town Council, there was a, a, a strong view expressed how the, the, the relationship with Dunmo and how Dunmo were treating the matter. That came from Councillor Graham Barker. Right, okay. Thank you. Okay, um, if that completes item six, we move on to item seven. Um, Councillor Redfern isn't here. I don't think there's been any further development. Uh, we're, we're aware that we... Um, we have welcomed one family. I'm not sure when the next one, uh, one or more than one, is due to arrive, and we'll pick up this item. We'll ask Councillor Redfern when she arrives in due course, but uh, I won't wait for her arrival. Um, we'll move on to item 8, which is the 2016-17 Budget Monitoring Quarter 2, and uh, Councillor Howell will speak to this. Thank you very much, Leader. Uh, hello, Councillors, colleagues. Um, I have a total of five reports to present this evening, and so I hope you'll bear with me. They're going to be slow, and we just need to work our way through them. The first of those is quarter two of the 2016-17 budget monitoring. Um, I won't deal in detail with the contents. It's quite a comprehensive paper, and I trust that most people have read the contents, but I will deal with the summary initially. This is the quarterly report that details our financial performance as it relates to the general funds, the housing revenue account, 
our capital programme and also as how it concerns Treasury management. And it covers the period from the 1st of April to the 30th of September uh, and then forecasts through to the end of the financial year. The headlines that I need to point, draw to your attention is under the general fund, we're forecasting uh, a net operating underspend of £194,000 and a bottom line underspend of £640,000. Um, so far as the housing revenue account is concerned, we're forecasting a minor overspend in the, um, on net operating expenditure of £127,000. And under the capital programme, we're forecasting what appears to be a very substantial underspend of £6,252,000. However, I should draw to your attention that £6,211,000 of that relates to slippages uh, uh, relating to 1718 projects. And, and in, in effect, there's actually a net underspend of £41,000. Um, I can also report that we have a routine Treasury management activity in the period. Um, so the recommendation to, to Cabinet is to, to note and approve the report. Uh, if you don't mind, I will speak in, in, in some detail to, to some of the, the main uh, items in, in the text of the report. Dealing with the general fund, uh, as I've said, there's a, um, a bottom line underspend of £640,000. You can see that on Table 8. Uh, it's important to draw reference to the fact that the previous quarterly report, which I think we considered in, at our July meeting, um, we were forecasting a quarter, a, an overspend for the year of £342,000. So this, is, this represents a significant turnaround from the quarter one forecast. Um, where we were, we were forecasting an, an overspend. There's a good deal of detail in 10 and 11 as to, to why this has occurred. Um, we undertook, following the, the report to, to Cabinet um, in July, a full review. Clearly, there were some presentational errors. Um, I, I, I look at this in a fairly simplistic fashion. I would characterise these as a matter of incorrect coding rather than anything else. But if there are questions on items 9 and 10 within the text, can I refer you to, to Mrs Knight at the end of my report? Um, dealing then with, with item 11, um, this is the budget updates. The budget has been updated to reflect the capital programme. And it makes reference to um, a number of slippages from 15 and 16. Um, the budget was originally approved in June and it's subsequently been revised uh, and now reflects those slippages and it's been increased by £1.291 million. The majority of the slippages relate to the waste depot at Great Dunmo and there's been quite a lot of debate around that subject in this, uh, at, at previous meetings. <coughs> 12 to 14 sets out and summarises the current budget and the key movements in reserves. Um, and then we deal with our outturn position, where we're forecasting a positive movement of £982,000 uh, in the year. And there's a good deal of detailed narrative to this on pages um, 16 to 18. We deal with each of the variances in, within our services, either as an overspend or an underspend, where the principles are, where the amounts are in excess of £20,000. I won't speak to those, but I'm pleased to note a number of procurement efficiencies that have been achieved. Um, and there are also some references to increases in income. Um, in the period as well. Now, if you refer to Appendix A, which is set out on pages 23 through to, I think, 27 of your report, there's a good deal of detailed narrative line by line within the budget. Then dealing, uh, if you don't mind, then with 
corporate items. Um, <clears throat> we're identifying an underspend in corporate items. Um, and the actual outturn variances related to current year slippages for disabled facilities grants, lower street car park and superfast broadband. And there are also a number of variances outside of the council's control. Um, now, we then deal under 19 and 20 with our reserves position. Uh, and if you refer to Appendix B on page 28, there's a very detailed breakdown um, of movements within reserves by each of the reserves heading, reserve headings. I do need to flag, as I do at each of these reports, that there are a number of risks and assumptions we make when we prepare these reports. Um, the key risks relate to business rates retention. Um, it's difficult for us to estimate the uh, year-end business rate levy and the realisation of appeals. Um, there's also a, a degree of uncertainty and risk around housing benefit subsidy income claims, uh, and the report indicates, for example, that a 1% change in caseload can increase or decrease the bottom line by as much as £68,000. Um, so those are factors that I think I need to draw your attention to. Turning over the page to the housing revenue account, um, this is set out in quite some detail in Appendix C, but we're forecasting, as I said earlier, a, a relatively minor overspend of £127,000 in the year. Uh, Appendix D on pages 30 to 31 sets out our housing revenue account capital programme uh, in quite some detail, and we also detail our section 106 balances. Um, what else do I need to draw to your attention? Um, I think probably under the capital programme, it is a very impressive number that we are forecasting capital expenditure, a budget uh, of £18.64 million. Um, there has been some slippage of 6.2, so even the forecast capital expenditure of £12.4 million or £12,385,000 is a very substantial amount of money. Um, 27 sets out the areas where we are having certain project slippage items. Uh, and I think that was of interest to, to, I hope it would be of interest to all councillors. And then moving on to treasury management, which is over the page on page 22. Um, <clears throat> this sets out our activity in the period from the 1st of April to the 30th of September. Um, and it makes uh, clear that all of our deposits that were placed complied with the council's treasury management strategy. It makes reference to the fact that interest rates have fallen and the return we receive is somewhat lower. We did change our uh, investment approach to give us to try and maximise the income we could earn from, from monies on deposit and invested. Uh, and we have been able to secure some better deals than in previous years, ranging from 0.65% to 0.97%. Um, but what is quite clear is that the average interest rate for quarter one was 0.43% and in the second quarter had half to 0.21%. Um, and finally, we have balances as at the 30th of September 2016, totaling £145.5 million. Um, and they held, were held on average, were held at an average interest rate of 0.32%. And that concludes my report. Very comprehensive. Thank you very much indeed. Um, colleagues, any Comments there? 
Yes, of course. Very comprehensive report, and uh, uh, I've got a few points which I don't know whether you want to deal with them individually or we go through them. Um, we, we, we might as well take them now because it might mean take them that, all the, and the, the following uh, agenda items we, we deal with slightly quicker, but let's take them now. Yes, okay. Well, um, pe people might have forecast my first question, which is on planning policy and, and the spend there, and I wasn't quite clear. The, the, the 405, uh, that's as at the second quarter, isn't it? 405,000. Um, and I wonder what, um, what, the, what the, 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 uh, the total annual spend might be, and was the, bracket, was the figure in brackets the, um, the, act, the, the forecast spend? And then as a supplementary to that, the reduced effect you mentioned, was that then the relatively small amount for 35,000 for a vacant team leader? So, so that was my composite first question. Um, second question was I wondered um, what the £30,000 repayment of the car parking income reimbursement to Waitrose was, that sort of fascinating little item there. Um, question, good, good news on PFI, uh, major reduction on one PFI scheme, I wonder whether that was the uh, leisure centre scheme. Um, I don't know if it's appropriate, Mr. Chan, whether you want to discuss this, but I, I've got lost where we are on business rates retention, and I, I would welcome an update, but if you think it's not appropriate, then that might only be seen as an indulgence to me. No, happy to take that. I, I think the answer is we're waiting for, for, for the update from, from government, actually, and we, we thought we were going to get that on the 23rd of November, but didn't, so, um, but I'll let officers just either confirm or otherwise. Okay. That. So I think I've got a final question. Um, on page 28, total reserves I saw as 11 million. Um, on another matter earlier this week, we were talking about reserves of 17 million, I thought, when we were looking at I, I may have got that wrong. So. Uh, that, Sorry, those, that, those that are mine. And we must be difficult, where we, careful where we go. Well, with I know, that I know we, we can't talk about um, the fundamental but, but that. But that. that was a different point, actually. There's a difference between the reserves the council holds, mm -hmm. or its own reserves, and the money that it. Um, invests on behalf of the money that's passing through to other channels. So that was your last point. So just going back to your first point uh, in terms of the cost of planning policy and the vacant position, uh, I'm either looking to Mr. Webb or to Mr. Harbour on this one or to, to, or to Mrs. Knight. <laughs> Mrs. Knight's going first. And Mrs. Uh, Councillor Redfern has joined the meeting. Thank you, Chairman. Um, on the planning policy budget, um, the that has been predicted as what will be the spend at the end of the year, the 405,000. Um, obviously, other things could come up between now and the end of the year, depending on what consultations have taken place. But at the moment, that is what we predict we're going to spend um, completely. And that has been drawn down from the reserves. You'll see on, further on in the report that there's actually a, a 385,000 matching drawdown on the planning reserve for that. I think you probably have to remind us, Councillor. Yeah, so was the 112, was that the, was that the forecast amount? That, that was what we forecasted in quarter one, yeah. subject to um, things that happened between June and September, or, or recently, then that has been amended. But sorry, the 112,000 was 
was the, uh, was the, it the forecast amount? But what was for the forecasted amount that we thought it was going to be as at quarter one? So we thought the year-end position. Yes, but for the year-end, for the outset, yeah. Yes, okay, and yeah. then it moved. Um, thank you, yeah. And the, the other bit was that just there was a, a, an offset to that for 35,000 for a, a member of staff vacant. Yeah, that was the some of, that over, some of the 405,000 overspend relates to obviously bringing in agency consultancy to cover yeah. that role. Okay, okay, thank you on that, yeah. The next thing was just the car parking and waitress, funny 30,000, I didn't understand that. We, we, we're in discussions with them at the moment. Actually, we had a meeting about it today. Um, and, and there's potentially some money to repay them out of the, um, what word am I looking for? Reimbursement we had from them for, for the cl closure of the car park. So they were, they were, re they were compensating us for shutting and, and down they, our they, car yeah, park. And yeah. there may be some management fees or, or excess charges that we may need to, but when, when it's, it's not um, confirmed yet. Yeah. Next okay. one, the PFI, was that the leisure centre, 85,000? Um, that was increased income for, for the PFI agreement. Mm -hmm. um, at performance and audit in July, it was highlighted that we needed to, to review our PFI model as we weren't sure that, that we were accounting for the whole amount going future in future years mm -hmm. and we could end up with a, a higher liability than we imagined. So at the moment we're getting slightly higher income, so we've put that into a reserve to, to offer any future liability subject to the review of PFI. That's because it's so complex you don't know what you're going to spend. All oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think... Yeah, the only point was, did, did we, do you want to talk about business rates retention or is it inappropriate yeah, sure. at this? Yeah, I think I've given you half an answer, but um, I'll ask officers to complete that. Um, at the moment, as far as we know, we will still be doing 100% business rates in 2020, from 2020. Um, there is a finance bill that's due to be published on Monday the 5th of December, and we're hoping that's going to give some more guidance and direction on, on where, where government are going and, and what timelines we might have. But until Monday, we're, we're, we're a bit in the dark, yeah. although we, aren't, we do know they're still committed to it. Good. Any other questions? Just, just for my own clarification, uh, summary point four, um, I understand the slippage, and it's particularly, I think, around Reynolds Court, um, but I don't quite understand the term relating to 2017-18 projects, because these are projects that are already underway, I thought. My apologies, that's my error. It should be 16-17, going into 17-18. So, so it's... It's, it's a typo, I'm afraid. No, that's fine. Just as long as I wasn't missing something there. But, yeah, okay, good. Um, and you explained earlier, Councillor Howell, the, um, the overspending quarter one, which, as you rightly say, um, nothing has fundamentally changed. It, is, it, was, it was an interpretation of where things sat on the budget. The, the, but the actual figures actually remain consistent. Yeah, yeah. Councillor Barker. Um, yes, just the, the perennial question of Section 106 money. Is, can I be assured that uh, none of this money is going to run out of time before it gets spent? Yes, you can. It's very carefully monitored. Well, if there are no other um, points to raise, uh, the recommendation is to note and approve this report. Those in favour? 
Those against, carried unanimously. Before we go to item 9, uh, I will just ask Councillor Redfern if there's any update on the refugee position. What I explained to Cabinet earlier was that uh, um, our first family um, has been welcomed into our community and uh, we, we don't have an actual date for any, any further families at this stage, but there will be at some stage. I don't know if he's got anything to add to that. Um, just that I've been informed that the next plane charter is not planned until um, June 2017 um, and this won't be confirmed till April but Essex will be leading again on this and um, we'll keep in touch with them and, if, if, uh, and we are offering um, another property if required. Thank you very much. I think I think it'd be good at the next cabinet meeting just to understand. This does seem to. I do have sympathy with those who say that this is a very slow process, and you know we're doing what we've been asked to do. I, I, it's nothing, not about Uttlesford, but I think we should ask some pertinent questions. Which part of the process is slow? The whole bringing in the twenty thousand, or the bringing in the children or just coming into Uttlesford? Well, I think, I think we're particularly talking about families at this stage rather than the children, but uh, mm. I don't think we're necessarily as involved because we're, um, <coughs> we're not a first-tier authority for children, but in terms of the families, it, it does seem to be uh, quite a, a, a slow process. Well, it's, agoni it's agonisingly slow, but also I think that we, as a district, we don't have a lot of the facilities that are needed for these families. We don't have a hospital, um, and we're quite rural, so it, it, we're not an ideal location. So that is possibly why we're we're feeling it's it's slow. But um, well, maybe, maybe the point at the next cabinet meeting then would be uh, the, sort of the context of what else is going on in Essex, yeah. just okay. so that residents can can understand what's happening in its entirety. I take your point about uh, there may be other areas that are. Uh, more suitable. Councillor Barker. Um, Thank you. Chairman, um, you know, I thank Councillor Riffa for the meetings she's been to around refugees and the fact that we've now got a family. We, however, do have a large number of other vulnerable families that are now presenting um, in, as homeless or as, as in risk of losing their homes because of uh, um, the position with Manchester Airport Group's housing strategy. Um, Without wishing to expand the terms of reference to the Refugee Working Group, is there any way that on a regular basis Councillor Redfern could report back to us on what the Housing Department is doing to help these people? I'm sure she could. Um, I think it's been uh, documented that uh, a limited number of homes uh, have been sold uh, pre-Christmas and there's a halt to that. But you know, as we understand, it could resume in the new year, and obviously we need to stay closely in touch. I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Councillor Redfern. Um, well, uh, I, I do. We have applied for some um, some government funding, I believe, for uh, because we are going, we are finding we are being um, presented with more um, people that are going to need our help with housing. Um, we've got um, some people. There's quite a lot we we need to look at because we have got some families that have had adapted homes, and they and, and that's an issue for us, obviously, because the homes have been adapted and then they're going to be sold, and we need to look at what we can do there. So there's quite a lot of work to do, but I'd be happy to um, come back if you could. I don't think there's going to be much um, to report at the next cabinet, but the cabinet following that, we'll certainly um, come back with more. Um, more comments or more information um, but I would like to reassure Councillor Barker that yes I did attend that um, residence meeting I have seen her emails and we are 
we are um, talking about what we can, what we can do um, because I, I know um, Councillor Rolf is saying that there's a halt and it's stopped, but actually, when you look when you look at it, there are a lot of um, there's already a lot of people that have been served notice, and we just need to get to grips with that. Try and, I accept the fact that um, MAG want to dispose of their homes, and how they do it is sort of up to them. But we're trying to engage with them to help manage the situation. As far as we're concerned, um, a lot of people won't need that won't need our help but there will be quite a lot that do and there are some that want to buy their properties as well and I did sort of talk to them and say you know maybe you should view this as an opportunity because there are some of them are getting a, a good deal on the properties they live in so some people will benefit but we do have quite a lot that won't so happy to report back maybe not the next cabinet but the one after. Thank you. Okay if there are no other points uh, we'll move on to uh, item 9 uh, Treasury Management Outturn. Thank you, Leader Councillors. Um, this is a backward-looking report, um, and it deals with an, it's an outturn report for the 2015-16 Treasury Management. Uh, we're required under the Council's constitution uh, that the Cabinet receive an annual statement of the key uh, Treasury Management activity and outcomes during the year. The recommendation is that we approve the 15-16 Treasury Management outturn as set out in the report. Um, now. The Treasury management is the activity of the Council's finance function and it deals with managing cash flows, bank accounts, deposits, investments and borrowing. And the objective um, is to ensure that we manage risk effectively in order to ensure the security of our funds, that we maintain sufficient liquidity to enable our commitments to be met and in addition to generate income and minimise costs. Um, because we borrow and invest substantial sums of money, we therefore have a resulting exposure to financial risk, including the loss of the invested funds, um, and we are also, of course, exposed to changing interest rates. What I do need to point out under item 4 is that no other short-term or long-term borrowings were needed to meet the Council's commitments, and there were no cash flow difficulties experienced in the period. All deposits and investments were made in compliance with the Council's approved Treasury Management Strategy and of course we prepared our strategy in close assistance with our independent Treasury consultants, Arling Close. Um, the report has been circulated. I think you've probably had a chance to, to read it in detail and I won't go through it myself in any detail if you don't mind, but I will draw your attention to item 13 which sets out the, um, summarises the reform of council house finance um, and the abolition of, housing sub of the housing subsidy scheme which required us to take out a loan of £88.407 million in March um, 2012 and the schedule under 13 sets out the um, programme um, of uh, loans that make up that uh, overall debt and the repayment terms. Uh, interest, uh, the interest cost in 15-16 for these loans was £2.64 million. Um, now our, our strategy is to prioritise security and liquidity of the investment over yield and we are entitled to place our funds with UK banks and building societies that have a minimum credit rating of triple B plus. 
um, or to place funds with UK government bodies or approved building societies. Um, and section 18 of the report sets out in detail um, the credit limits or our, our cash limits and the time limits um, for each category of um, security um, or, or rather credit rating for the counterparty. Um, there's details in 19 uh, about deposits, noting that all deposits expected to be repaid during the year were received without difficulty. Uh, and then on 20 and 21, it's quite an interesting chart that sets out the um, local authorities that we've loaned money to, the deposits, the average number of days, uh, and the interest rates received. Um, our liquidity management is in keeping with the uh, Department of Communities and Local Government guidance on investments, uh, and we maintain a sufficient level of liquidity averaging £1.158 million. Pounds. Uh, we're required to publish a prudential indicator, and that is set out in Appendix A. Um, and I can confirm that the authority has complied with its prudential indicators for 2015-16, and uh, this was, uh, which was approved as part of the Council's Treasury Management Strategy Statement. Uh, and also that I can confirm that during 15-16 we complied with the Treasury Management Policy Statement and the and Treasury Management Practices. I therefore move the recommendation. Thank you, Councillor Howell. Any comments on our Treasury Management outturn? I note that we start to pay off the capital for our um, Council homes uh, the year after next. Indeed, that's why I draw it to, draw it to our attention. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, if there are no comments, uh, I, I won't. Yes. I'm sorry, Councillor Lodge. Sorry, yes. Just uh, a couple of points. I wonder what the, um, the short term investments were on the. Uh, sorry, Councillor Lodge, you just need to put your mic on. Sorry, yes. Just I wonder again. what the uh, question was on the short term investments on the, uh, on the balances and under uh, 11, which have gone from 23 to 30 million. Oh, sorry, I've done it now. That will be our cash investments. So that be the actual cash that we administer throughout the account. Okay, simple, as simple as cash. Yeah. Yes, okay, yeah. And second point was then on, on, on that, uh, the loan which Chairman just referred to. We, we have the big hike in, in interest rates um, 2023. Um, I know that's a long, a long way away. Um, how comfortable we are that, thinking a long way ahead. As we get closer to it, we will be looking at, at the loan and whether that there's any ways to sort of, um, yeah, reschedule. That's the word. Thank you. But the loan was taken out on the basis of those rates? It was at the time, yes. So it's all, this has all been factored into yes. affordability? Yes, it's, it's part of the 30-year business plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I just clarify? There is no big hike in interest rates. I would assume, reading this table that the £2,000 that's got a remaining term of seven years is at 2.56% and that's what we're paying now. It doesn't suddenly become that. All those are what they are. So those are, I see those are the maturities rather than the interest in that year. I understand. Thank you. And, and, and for five years we'll be paying off £2,000 a year but we'll be paying off our... 
two million. I'm sorry, two million pounds a year. Uh, but these will be at the 0.65, uh, so we'll be paying off the cheap stuff. But it doesn't actually increase the cost, obviously. No, it would just be the inclusion of the principal repayment yeah. that, that comes into life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Councillor Barker indicated. Yeah, Councillor um, Revlin. Um, because if you, uh, obviously Councillor Lodge wasn't a member then, but if you remember, we made a decision to take the loan out where we weren't repaying anything for the first five years, so we could use all that money to um, increase the number of properties we were building. And um, I'm a little bit surprised how quickly um, it's coming round to repayment, but. Uh, it seem possible, but yeah. that's, that was the reason. But at least we've done what, 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 we, what we planned to do, to do. And, yep. Yep, yep. which has been and a good we'll initiative. Yep. Yep. Okay, any other, um, any other comments? Uh, I won't reread uh, paragraph 4. Councillor Howell's done that. Those in favour? Those against? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Item 10 is the 2016-17 Treasury Management Mid-Year Review, bringing us up to date. Uh, the recommendation is for Cabinet to approve the Treasury Management Strategy counterparty list for our UK local authorities, including fire and police, and these be revised such that the investment limit of £5 million is increased to unlimited, the percentage of the portfolio investments to be increased from 70% to 80%, the maximum number of days from 365 days to 730 days, and the operational boundary to be increased from 101.5 million pounds to 250 million pounds. The, the narrative is set out uh, within the report, um, and uh, I note the borrowing cap references under 8, 9, and 10, and the reasons for the proposed increase. Um, the counterparty limits are set out in 12, 13, 14, and 15. Uh, and there's a little bit of background as to the reasons why this is proposed. Thank you. Are there any um, questions or queries about those uh, revisions? No. Good. Thank you very much. Uh, then I shall put that to the vote. Uh, that again has been read out. So those in favour? Those against? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Um, item 11 is the local council tax support consultation. Uh, the author was Mrs Knight, uh, so I, but I assume that Councillor Howell is speaking to it. Yes, I will. Um, the recommendation is that the cabinet is requested to approve for recommendation to full council the local council tax support scheme uh, as recommended at cabinet on the 14th of July 2016 and as set out in this report and I would like to make this recommendation with a single amendment and I'll deal with that if you don't mind as we continue with the re this report. We are required to annually, annually review our local council tax support scheme um, and colleagues will be well aware that we currently have the lowest percentage contribution requirement of any council in Essex. We are proposing to hold it at 12.5% for the third successive year. Um, it is an extremely generous scheme compared to other councils that have moved up to 25-30% uh, and we use our resources to support the most vulnerable members of our community and I think that this is something that not only from the consultation this year with our residents has their support but I think has the support of 
councillors as well. And it's something that I hope that we can continue to, to, to do for, the, for, for as long as we possibly can. I also need to point out that it's the Council's policy to make a full contribution to protected claimants um, such as pensioners uh, and the disabled. We are proposing, however, small changes to the scheme. The most significant of, that, of these is a reduction in the grant to parish and town, um, town councils. And there were details of that set out in some detail in the report to, to, um, to Cabinet uh, on the 14th of July, setting out the individual costs to, to, to councils, to parish and town councils. So I can refer to those if that's of, uh, of particular interest to any members. We are also considering to align the local council tax support scheme with the housing benefit and universal credit reforms. Um, Scrutiny Committee had a very long uh, consideration of this uh, proposal uh, and has been set out in uh, Councillor Dean's report to, to Cabinet. Uh, it was very much the view of Scrutiny that they welcomed holding the uh, rates at 12.5%. They supported the parish and town subsidy grant reduction by 50%. Um, and they in broad terms were happy with the alignment with the housing benefit and universal credit reforms <coughs> subject to one or two comments which I will deal with in, in more detail. Um, I, I would refer members to the um, council tax support consultation. It was a very extensive report. Um, I'm always very grateful to receive the comments of, of local residents. I read the report with particular interest. I'd refer you to um, page 29, uh, the most wonderful one, which is apologies, my child has drawn on this, but the, the important thing is that the, the comments are actually very, very helpful in allowing us to design and devise a scheme that is suitable for us as a community. Um, it's, important, it's important to note that under the consultation, uh, which had a very substantial response. 1,206 residents replied, um, which was more than 10% um, higher than last year. Um, there was very strong support uh, for retaining the contribution rate at 12.5%, with 71.6% of respondents supporting that. 63.8% um, of respondents said that the council should continue to pay the grants to parishes and town councils. However, this was a very substantial reduction from the previous year of 93.5%. Um, and overall, the responses were in favour of aligning housing benefits um, with the local council tax support, with the exception of the removal of the severe disability premium. This is where extra money is paid to uh, a severely disabled person to assist in employing a carer if the claimant's carer already receives the carer's element through universal credit. Um, and on reflection, I believe that I will recommend to, to Cabinet that we exclude this one area. Um, it reflects the view of local residents. I am of the view that the consultation is not a referendum. Nevertheless, I think that the responses made it quite clear that while there is 
probably some education to be done around how you define uh, poor and disabled and, and there are, is some confusion. The general sentiment was that this was an area where we ought to be cons considering it more carefully. Um, and so I propose that we, with the rec we go ahead with the recommendation subject to the fact that we do not include this one area which is the alignment of housing benefit um, with the removal of the severe disability premium. The other areas of alignment, I should, ref I should say probably for, for, for the most part many of them are fairly non-contentious. So the uh, reduction of the back uh, uh, of being able to um, what is the phrase I'm grasping for? Uh, backdating claims from six months to one month uh, I thought was probably reasonable. The idea that you could be absent from the UK for 13 weeks and still be eligible was again reasonable. So for the most part these alignments are, are, are relatively straightforward. The one area which did come up at scrutiny uh, where there was some discussion was to limit the number of dependent children within the calculation for council tax reduction to a maximum of two, depend, uh, two children. Um, I, I've had some statistics from the Revenue and Benefits Department that indicate that about 28 claimants fall into this category in any one year. Um, as an indication, there are about 14 currently. 50% 50, 50 of these would see no weekly reduction. Um, and the other areas would see relatively minor reductions, although I recognise these are individuals on, on clearly very tight budgets. But I, th I think that for the most part, I will recommend that we go ahead with aligning with um, housing benefits and universal credit, with that one exception. Um, and, that, and then I was going to finally say, under parish and town council um, reduction in grant, um, Although there was a reduced support um, from local residents, I, uh, I think that generally it's something that we should be doing. We have previously um, been able to do it out of our own funds. Uh, within the wider context of the financial um, structure of the Council and the challenges we face, um, I think it's important for us to be using the money where it's most appropriate, which I think is in directed towards local council tax support recipients, rather than parish and town councils that have their own precept raising abilities. Um, I'd also note that when the scheme was in initially introduced, there was a transitional grant received from government to cover that cost, and as a responsible council, we passed on that grant to parish and town councils that grant has now disappeared. We have continued this subsidy out of our own resources. Um, I've certainly spoken to my parish councils and they understand the reasons why, we've taken this, why we are recommending this decision. I received letters from uh, Saffron Alden Town Council, from Thaxter Town Council and also from Dunmo Town Council, all raising objections to this and I replied to each of them pointing out that this is money that Uttlesford has used from its own resources rather than passing on government funding. We are proposing a 50% reduction this year. We've given them a considerable amount of time to prepare their budgets for this reduction. And it represents, in the case of Saffron Alden Town Council, for example, about 3% of their budget. Um, and so I feel that is something they ought to be able to prepare for uh, and, and take account of. Um, so the recommendation is as set out, uh, and I move it. Thank you, uh, Councillor Howell. Any, uh, Councillor Barker. Um, just actually a question on something you haven't mentioned. Uh, paragraph 11, 
refers to various council tax discounts. Um, would I be correct? Um, I'm looking at empty homes class C uh, vacant. We say that we're going to reduce the discount, or we have reduced the discount, to 50% for up to six months. Am I correct in saying then from six months to 24 months, we charge them 100%, and then if it still stays empty, then it goes to 150%. Is that right? Yes, the, the scheme, as I understand it, has remained unchanged now for uh, the previous three years. So, yes, my understanding is we offer a reduced discount for the first six months, and, and the box below indicates an additional premium if a house has been empty and unfurnished for more than two years. Correct. Okay, thank you. Any other queries? Right. In which case, um, as you indicated, uh, Councillor Howell, I think the council, Council's record of support in terms of the lowest level of CT, C, LCTS uh, we should uh, remain proud of. So, and um, long may we be able to um, afford to do that. Um, those in favour of this recommendation? Those against? Carried unanimously. Thank you. Uh, on to item 12, uh, the autumn statement and budget consultation outcome. Still, Councillor Howell. I think this is my final report. Um, so, the recommendation, there's no recommendation. This report is for information uh, and for members to note. Um, what I think I will refer you to, if you don't mind, is first of all to the residence uh, consultation. Um, again, I would note that the consultation is not a referendum. I'd, I'd also note that the scrutiny committee struggled a great deal with the results of the um, <coughs> residence uh, consultation. Um, it is not a customer satisfaction survey, um, and it's quite important that we, we understand that. This is assisting us and helping us to understand um, what are the priorities that residents have on how we should be spending uh, their money and, and what areas they think are our, our areas of priority. It was not about maximising the largest number of possible respondents. <coughs> so we undertook a telephone survey, uh, used the Uttlesford Citizens Panel, and there were about 672 responses, which was a large enough sample for us to be able to identify what are the key priorities that our residents believe. Um, and, and I would note that the key, the highest ranking areas for residents would like the council, tax, the council to focus are on emptying bins, including public litter and dog bins, providing council houses and sheltered housing for the elderly, and planning how the district will develop in the coming decades, including where new housing and businesses should be located. And then they also identify a, a number of other services that, that they believe are priorities. And I confess that they very much align with my own thoughts on what are the Council's priorities. So I, and I, it's reassuring to have that similar uh, reinforcement. For the first year, we've also undertaken a business consultation. We had 80 responses, um, and in broad terms, they, um, they identified some similarities. Uh, but clearly, for businesses, um, they also identified some 
business-related uh, areas that were of particular interest. I, I note that the, uh, the appendix sets out the, uh, the responses in full. Um, I'm disappointed to see that the two, uh, the two services which ranked as the lowest priority was giving advice on work to listed buildings and protection of trees and also to the collection of stray animals and microchipping dogs and cats. Um, because I consider those to be also quite important services, but these are still managed to be things that more than 65% of, of respondents felt were important. Um, so the, the, residence outcome, the residence consultation, I thought, was a very valuable exercise, um, and I note in particular that um, keeping council tax the same um, has fallen uh, from about 69% to 55%. Interestingly now, um, there is uh, a growing support for increasing council tax from just under 19% to 27%. Uh, th there's a great deal of information within the consultation which I think will help us to, um, to, to, to design the budget for the year ahead and years ahead. Um, the autumn statement, however, and I'm going to bring you down with a bump here, gives me no clearer idea of where we are going to be going forward. There's no mention in the in autumn statement of local government or future funding. Um, there is some talk about the government not seeking to uh, achieve a, a budget surplus and, uh, by 2019-20, um, but as soon as practicable after that, um, we're expecting the draft finance bill, which Mrs Knight has referred to on the 5th of December. Perhaps that will shed some light. Um, but for the most part, I thought that the autumn statement was not particularly helpful. Uh, well, they didn't. They, I guess what they said was interesting. You may agree or disagree with uh, the government's priorities, but what it hasn't done is to uh, make some announcements that uh, we thought they were going to make. But these announcements will presumably come pre-Christmas. Uh, any um, any comments on item 12, Councillor Barker? Um, just to comment, Chairman, that whatever company we use for the telephone questioning were evidently very nice and very polite because my son got collared and uh, he thought the questions were very reasonable and they were evidently very professional about the way that they carried out the survey. So, just a point. Very happy to pass that on. I'm sure that officers will have noted that. Any other points? Well, this is for, as you rightly say, uh, there isn't a recommendation, so there's no need to vote. But thank you for that update, and we await with interest for further announcements from the government. Uh, item 13 is the Great Dunmo Neighbourhood Plan, which has been through Planning Policy Working Group, um, and uh, is, I think uh, Cabinet is very familiar with the progress of this plan, but Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, as you say, we have previously agreed that the Domo, Great Dumbo Neighbourhood Plan should go out to a referendum. The referendum took place on November the 3rd and 21% of the registered voters participated. The result was 1,451 people in favour and 111 against. Um, the required threshold was therefore reached and it is now for the District Council to adopt or more accurately make the Neighbourhood Plan so that it formally becomes part of the Development Plan for the District Council. Once the plan is made, then the Council will be able to claim £20,000 from DCLG, which will cover the cost of the referendum and the examination. Chairman, I propose that Cabinet recommends to Council that this neighbourhood plan, first in the district, recommends to Council that this plan be made. Thank you, Chairman. 
Thank you very much indeed. Uh, any comments? Uh, well, I just congratulate uh, Great Dunmo on uh, delivering the first neighbourhood plan in Uttlesford. And um, it's a bit like Brexit. Far be it for, from us after a referendum to pass any other comment than we agree. So those in favour? <laughs> Carried unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Item uh, 14 uh, is uh, myself, the corporate plan 2017 to 2021. Um, we, we, had, we have a corporate plan and this is a refreshment of, of that. Um, we have slightly um, um, changed our vision to the words, well it's not the words, but the, uh, the, the, the act of working together for the well-being of our communities and to protect and enhance the unique character of the district. Uh, so a combination of recognising the place that we live and very much the people who are in it. Within the um, plan uh, there are uh, four headings. Uh, you have the paper, clearly listeners outside, it's on the website so you'll be able to go to this. I'm not going to, don't intend to read the whole thing, but uh, the four headings are uh, to promote thriving, safe and healthy communities, to protect and enhance heritage and character, to support sustainable business growth and to maintain a financially sound and effective council. And there are a number of uh, examples of each of those four headings within the, within the document. Um, but if I just take, for example, promote thriving, safe and healthy communities, as a subset under that, and this, what I'm about to say, would apply to all of these headings, uh, the Health and Wellbeing Board has come up with its own priorities, um, and these, again, are on the Council's website. Um, and this uh, went through Health and Wellbeing Board a couple of weeks ago, uh, and is a natural iteration from these top-level headings. And as far as health, health and wellbeing is concerned, the next step there is to take uh, their priorities down to an action plan, so that we go from a top-level plan through to detailed action plans that will uh, be a key part of, of, of the work done in this council. And the fourth piece of work uh, within that area, health and wellbeing, will be to look sideways at what they're doing, how they're working, impacts on other areas. So health and wellbeing very much uh, affects the communities and the families, um, the economic health uh, of our community safety partnership. So these things must be seen to be joined up. Um, and by the time we finish this mosaic of... Um, corporate and um, uh, sub-corporate plans and action plans, I hope that uh, we'll all be able to see that. And uh, as I said, this is that the, 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 the Council now looks to its plan in terms of wh what it's doing, whether it reflects uh, the, um, the outline in the plan in terms of, uh, of what it wants to do. So with that uh, slightly long uh, summary, um, I'm happy to take any questions or comments. There are none. Councillor Howell. Since I was involved in the drafting and preparation of this, I feel that I should um, say how pleased I am with the, the contents. Uh, I think that it's a, a corporate plan that we can all aspire and strive to achieve. 
and, and certainly the two areas that I feel most strongly about are around maintaining a financially sound and effective council. Um, it is here in the text here, but we are likely to undergo continuing significant change in how we are funded, and we need to be alive to those challenges. Um, I believe that we very much are. But I also think that we should not view the world simply through the prism telescope of finance, and I'd refer to the second heading, which um, deals with the protection and enhancement of our heritage and character. And I'm very conscious that we live in one of the most beautiful and attractive corners of England, with our 3,800 listed properties, our historic towns, traditional villages, and open countryside. Um, I recognise the challenges we face around the um, attractiveness of the place and the, the also the fact that it's growing very fast as, as a population um, but I very much would wish to see us encouraging positive planning that values heritage and also promotes growth. Thank you. If there are no other comments then the recommendation is that the draft corporate plan for 2017-21 be recommended to council for approval. Those in favour? Those against, carried unanimously. Thank you. Item 15, curbside waste collection subscription charges for 1718. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Um, Chairman, this service was introduced a number of years ago and has grown, so we now have, as of yesterday, 6,156 subscribers. The majority of these subscribers renew their subscription on an annual basis, and this is usually done by phone. This is a very time-consuming and therefore costly process, and frequently results in miscollections as a subscription may not be paid as promptly as required. I have four recommendations that I'd like to propose today. The first is to keep the annual charge at £40 for the year commencing April 17. The second of these is to offer a £5 discount to subscribers signing up to a direct debit. That would, of course, be subject to all the rules around direct debits. And uh, this would take their annual charge down to £35. The third is to remove any discount to the £40 or £35 charge for subscribers joining partway through the year. We find that people don't join in April, they wait till August, and then they want a bit more discount. And that's uh, very difficult to manage. And finally, to remove any subsidy for a bin. So a subscriber joining this scheme would be paying £20, whatever the current price is for the bin. Fairly straightforward, Chairman, moving to a much easier system for officers to manage. We don't want 6,000 subscribers ringing up on the 30th of March saying I want to renew my subscription for a year. Moving people to direct debit in the long term will save money. So, four proposals, Chairman. I so propose. Any comments? Chairman, Redfern. Chairman can I just make one comment? I think yes. there's some words missing. Curbside garden waste collection subscription remains at £40 per year to date. I'd be very pleased to pay that. I've actually got two bins and they're charged £80. I think you should say per bin somewhere in there. Okay. I, otherwise, I'd be very pleased to pay the £40 for the two bins. We will add per bin. Councillor Redfern, thank you. Um, I just wanted to ask about the removal of the free bin for new subscribers I just do we really need to remove that I thought that was quite an encouragement to people for people to sign up uh, I, I don't know how much it costs us but it just seems a bit of a shame if it's only 20 pounds and if we get people to use it it's better for us that's all um, my understanding is that people have been quite surprised that the bin has come free so um, I think if they're prepared to sign up then uh, I, I think a £20 one-off for a bin that's going to last many years is, is still reasonably good value. 
No other comments. Um, you've had the recommendations read out to you. Those in favour? Subject to per bin. Absolutely. Thank you. Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Okay, we now have uh, two other items, um, and uh, the first of those is item 16, which is the Epping Forest District Draft Local Plan Consultation. Now, I'm conscious that some of you may have seen this quite as, as late as this evening. Would that be the case? So, you have copies, I believe. Thank you. Uh, so I assume Mr. Harper is talking to this? Talking to it. You're talking to it. Mm -hmm. Councillor Barker is talking to it. Um, in which case, I'm going to propose that we just have a couple of minutes for those who haven't read it so they can just get themselves up to speed. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, 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 your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, so item 16 is the Epping Forest District Draft Local Plan Consultation. Councillor Barker. Thank you, Chairman. Chairman, as a neighbouring authority and a member of the Schmar Group with Epping Forest, we are required to comment on Epping's draft local plan. Um, under the duty to cooperate, it is important that we do respond as Epping is a partner and we do share a common boundary. We need to comment particularly in respect of the objectively assessed housing need while welcoming the fact that Epping is looking to meet their need within their own boundaries. Based on the 2012 housing projections, the strategic housing market area concluded that the level of growth, sorry, the, the, um, the work concluded that the level of growth across the Schmar area was approximately 46,000 homes for the plan period 2011 to 2033. The figure for Epping was calculated as 11,300. More recent data shows that the objectively assessed need in Epping could be higher than this, resulting in a figure of some 13,300, an additional 2,000 homes. Epping Forest is seeking through its draft plan to identify sites for up to 11,400 homes within its own boundaries. Therefore, it's looking at an upward trend, but it's not fully meeting the objective assessed need based on the 2014 subnational housing population projections. 
We recently were visited in Uttlesford by a planning inspector who informally recommended that Uttlesford and the other Shamar districts should be working to the more recent 2014 figures. This would result in the higher figures for Epping and also in a higher allocation to Uttlesford of around 14,100. The officers will be responding um, to Epping on the basis of these issues because we are concerned that if an informal um, if a planning inspector informally tells us that we really ought to be looking at the 2014 figures, then having a neighbouring authority, which is part of our Schmar area, not fully going to the, uh, the higher numbers, then there are potential impacts for the Schmar area as a whole. I think we need to get that across to Epping. Um, regarding where Epping is actually looking to locate houses, that doesn't have any particular impact on the Atlas district. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Any comments? This is a, um, a reflection of the reality of the situation, I think. So, um, uh, so Cabinet is noting the content of Epping Forest Draft Local Plan, uh, and uh, the commentary is as outlined by Councillor Barker. Um, with, and, and those observations will be forward to, forwarded to Epping Council. Those in favour? Those against? Those abstaining? Councillor Redfern abstaining. Item 17, uh, which is a similar uh, issue, East Hearts pre-submission district plan consultation. Thank you, Chairman. East Hearts is another of our Schmar Authority colleagues and we share a common board and we therefore need to reply to their pre-submission plan. In responding to this consultation, we need to consider the quantum of their housing proposals and the impact of any development close to our boundary. As with Epping Forest, we need to recognise that East Hearts District Council is looking to provide all of its need within its boundaries. We also welcome that their plan makes reference to the necessary improvements to junctions on the M11. Based on the 2012 housing projections, uh, the Schmar area consisting of Uttlesford, East Hearts, Epping Forest and Harlow um, concluded that around 46,000 houses were required in the 2011 to 2033 plan period. For East Hearts, this equates to 16,390 homes, 745 a year. With the release of the 2014 household projections, the 46,000 rises to 54,600, of which 19,500 are projected for East, East Hearts an additional 3,100. East Hearts has identified sites for some 18,040 homes over the plan period. This figure is in line with the joint work commissioned by the Shamar authorities on how best to distribute the houses within the housing market area, but still does not reach the, the higher figures that are projected in the 2014 projections. UDC, as I mentioned in the previous one, did have a planning inspector visit in November 2016 and the inspector's informal advice was that the housing market area should have as its starting point the 2014 subnational housing population projections as a starting point for, for determining its objectively assessed need. Whilst noting the contingency of an early review of the East Hearts plan, each of the districts in the Schmal will need to consider individually and collectively the implications of the 2014 projections. Uttlesford is currently commissioning some sustainability work which will look at the impact of the 2014 projections and a target of approximately 14,100 homes. This issue will be the discussion of ongoing duty to cooperate meetings. 
We also need to get across in our response to East Hearts the impact on Uttlesford of the proposed developments in the East Hearts area around Sawbridgeworth, Gilston and Bishop Stortford. Um, these can be both in terms of education issues and highway issues. So, Chairman, those are the issues that the officers will be responding on. Um, as you say, it's a reflection of lower, you know, reality where we are now um, in terms of delivering a local plan. Figures from 2012 are a long way in the past, and we, be, you know, we need to be realistic about moving forward with more up-to-date data. Thank you, Chairman. Okay, I think we all understand the conundrum here. Um, so, but in this case, obviously, the developments are closer to our border, particularly Gilston, um, north of uh, Harlow, um, and, in, and indeed at Bishop Stortford, uh, and therefore the duty to cooperate is particularly pertinent. Um, any comments? Councillor Lodge. Thank you. This, this refers to, uh, to both of the responses on, on, on reflection. We're, we're, we're accepting that the target is 14,100. Um, this was the suggestion, and I know we're going to have a lot of future discussion about it, but are we wise at this stage to, uh, to effectively take that on our own heads in this response? No, no, let's be very clear. We're not accepting uh, 14,000 necessarily. What we're accepting is that a planning inspector has come and given very clear advice that we should be using the 2014 figures. Uh, so that has been laid down. Uh, what we're talking tonight is how do we respond to Epping and East Hearts because um, they are at section 19 consultation, section 18 respectfully consultation stage and it would be irresponsible of us not to go back to our partners with whom we've worked for a long time uh, in terms of the duty to cooperate and putting together our Shmar area numbers and not to say that we have had a clear steer from the inspector and that uh, this is what he is saying. So it might well be, Councillor Lodge, that we do accept uh, 14,100. I'm not suggesting, I'm not saying no, we won't, but we haven't, we haven't done that yet. But what we are saying is that we've had, a, we've had a steer, and you are, there's a third partner, Harlow as well, you are partners, uh, need to be aware of that steer, and that we are taking it very seriously. Yeah, I think I agree with what you said, but I'm not, not sure that our response is actually saying that terribly clearly. You know, it, it, I'd be completely comfortable if it's very clear that the inspector has come and given us that advice, and that's the basis we're framing this response, but it doesn't seem to quite say that to me. I don't know whether Mr Harper wants to comment on that, whether I've got a right, the, right, the correct assessment there. Yes, I, I think the point is that... <clears throat> Having had that advice, we are carrying out our own work to assess the sustainability of that 14,100 figure within Uttlesford, and we think that the partner authorities should similarly do further sustainability assessment work on meeting the 2014 projections in their respective districts. So uh, we're suggesting that all authorities should take the same approach. Does that help to clarify slightly, Councillor Lodge? Just about. 
I, 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 would make it, I would make it clearer that we haven't accepted these, but this is what the inspector said. It, it's, it's a matter of re redrafting. No, that's fair opinion, enough. I, I, I'm quite comfortable with that. Um, so if, if in our response we can make the point that Uttlesford has not made up its mind, he's doing further work, uh, but it's had this, the... the, the um, the advice from the inspector, uh, and obviously it's taking that advice very seriously, and, and, and we believe, and, you know, we have to reflect that back to our partners. So if you're happy with that approach, which is, again, the reality of the situation, that is exactly where we are. Councillor Redfern. Um, sorry, I know I'm being a bit um, holding back on this because I don't feel completely comfortable myself, but I just... Do we believe then that these two authorities haven't had a planning inspector look at their proposals either? Have they not done, followed the same sort of um, process as we've done by getting it looked at? Because um, if, we're all, if we're all in the same group, mm -hmm. why are we not all doing the same thing? And I'd prefer, I would prefer to stick with them on the um, lower numbers. But Do you want to comment, Mr Harper? Yes, um, certainly East Hearts has had an advisory visit from an inspector, the same inspector, in fact, who came to visit us, and he gave the same advice to East Hearts, so we're just nudging them along the same path, that they need to do that extra work if, uh, to, to test the level of housing on which they are currently planning. And I, and I think it's um, important to note that the East Hearts figure uh, is pretty close to the uh, 2014 numbers, so they've moved quite significantly from the 2012. It doesn't go the whole way, uh, but my understanding in their plan is that there, is, there could well be flexibility, Mr Harborough, to, to go the whole way. So uh, I think they... If this, you do, each council will, will have to, to make its own interpretation in terms of measuring. Um, is, it, is it in a position to have its plan approved? Uh, or is it so out of line that it, the, the plan would be rejected? Um, and uh, my understanding from the East Hearts, but you know, I can't speak on behalf of East Hearts, and nor should I, but they have moved some way from the 2012 figures. Um, uh, as you know, I just um, abstained from the Epping one, but kind of with Epping, I feel a great sympathy for them because they have such a huge... Um, amount of green belt and so that's kind of why I was hesitant on that so, but I don't feel uh, I, I don't feel the same with the um, East Hearts one but I also think that I haven't really had the opportunity to fully understand because obviously I'm not part of the planning policy working group and I so I will support this one but that was my reason for the previous abstention okay okay any other comments those in favour of the recommendation that uh, uh, we note the content of the East Hearts pre-submission and suggested commentary along the lines that uh, I've articulated uh, after the, uh, Mr. Councillor Lodge's input and Mr. Harborough's uh, further comment. Um, those in favour? Carried unanimously. Uh, item 18 is if the Chairman has any further business. He doesn't have, so I thank you and the meeting is closed at 8.22. Thank you. <laughs>